Hey, I'm Sam Seitels, and you are listening to The Pillars of Hamilton. Did you know that November is Epilepsy Awareness Month? Neither did I. That is until I met some amazing people. I'm talking about Christy Schlaer and her three awesome, awesome kids. We talked all about epilepsy awareness. We talk at length about what Christy and her family's experienced since the diagnosis in two of her children. I learned so much. She is such a cool person. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my new friend. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot. There's a surprise at the end of this episode, so be ready for that. Okay, now I can say it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my new friend, Christy Schlaer. I've got a new friend, and her name is Christy. What's up? What's up? You know what's so cool about my new hobby? Is that I get to, like, meet the best of the best, recommended by the best of the best. And when I meet them, I get to, like, find out everything. Like, all the greatness about them. You get to find out all the dirt, too. Oh, am I going to find out? <laughs> am I going to find out dirt? All right, well. Maybe. All right. Well, then we'll see where this takes us. Um, welcome, Christy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Um, I definitely... Uh, later in this episode, um, the main purpose of this is I believe we want to spread some awareness. Am I right? Correct. And I just found out that November is... Epilepsy Awareness Month. Epilepsy Awareness Month. So, how did this journey start for you uh, with epilepsy? Because you don't have it, right? I do not. Is it in your family lineage? My ex-husband has epilepsy. Oh. So the kids inherited a gene from him but we didn't know that until last year okay yeah it was controlled for years at that point so in september 2012 my oldest son vincent was taking a nap and he woke up i picked him up he was cranky i kind of just had him in my arms and he started to have a seizure now i knew what it was but i couldn't believe that this was happening so i was screaming and i panicked and freaked out they diagnosed him with what's called a febrile seizure, which means a fever-induced seizure. So his fever spiked, he spiked to temperature, and he seized as his body's way of protecting it. He turned blue, and he wasn't very responsive. So I think when my cousin was there, because I had the twins at that point, and they were only a few months old, and so my cousin was helping Nanny <clears throat> at the time. When we look back at the 911 call, I think it was like a minute long, and it felt like four days. So I kept thinking my son's going to die right in front of me because he was not, he was blue. So the ambulance came. It was a long journey. We ended up with a neurologist. Because of the family history, this could be a one-time deal. That's it. It seemed like every time um, Vincent got sick, he had a seizure. And And a lot of times I didn't know he was even getting sick until he had the seizure. This is your oldest. My oldest. So he's, And how old was he? He was two weeks before his second birthday. Okay. So then when my daughter was nine months old, we were coming home from the neurologist. I was with my father-in-law coming home from Delaware from the neurologist's office with Vincent. And my mother-in-law called and said, Gabby had a seizure. So Gabby's a twin, which most people know that. So I have Vincent, who is now nine, and I have twins, boy-girl twins, Gabby and Luca, who are seven. Gabby had a seizure. They called the ambulance. Same thing, febrile seizure. So now I have two kids with febrile seizures. And it seemed, again, every time one of them spiked a fever, they had a seizure. So we end up get, you know, getting treatment from the same neurologist at DuPont for both. And Gabby's situation was a little different because she would have either a pro, one like a prolonged seizure that lasted seizure should only last one to two minutes typically hers wasn't stopping one time so we ended up in the emergency room was she still seizing when she you was. got there <clears throat> oh, so she was God. not at that first seizure but at a, a different another time that she had had a seizure so we had gotten rescue medicine which would it's called diastat and what it does is breaks the seizure cycle So it could be where she actually had one long one or it was multiple ones. It was hard to tell when one started or stopped. 
And without like be, having an EEG during a seizure, it's hard to determine which kind. What it's, is, it's what a is clustering, that? like a clustering of seizures. No, no. What's the an EEG? EEG? So it takes pictures of your brain, and an EEG would determine any kind of abnormal brain patterns. But you have to have them set up. So and that's ready what to we go. ended up like, doing, is getting an EEG done, and it was only twenty minutes. Every single EEG either child had never came back with anything abnormal for twenty minutes. So we had to do a long EEG. So they had to walk around, both of them, with all of the hookups, their all electrical wires, electrodes to their heads for three days. Oh. So the first time we attempted it with Gabby, we always say, is it Gabby being Gabby or is it the medicine or the epilepsy? Because she's, she's a strong-willed child. She freaked the first time. She would not do it. You mean just putting those things on her head? <clears throat> mm-hmm. So we had to wait. And what happened was I received a phone call one day saying, now she had, at this point, we had only had seizures with fevers. She and Vincent both. So. But weren't you telling them, like, look, their father. And I kept saying, and they, they said, well, there's a strong history. We'll keep an eye. Because there's an explanation for the seizure, they kept saying, it's not time to worry. And I said, well, when is it going to be time to worry? Because once my father-in-law told me the day Vincent had his seizure, you will never be the same person again. And he was right. Truer words were never spoken because you're just, you're just different. Now you're worried, panicked. <clears throat> and so then you, Oh, so you mean it doesn't change the chemistry in your brain, but all of a sudden you're aware that this could happen. Exactly. So as a parent and a caretaker or a caregiver, you're never the same. So in hearing about the seizures and actually experiencing the seizures are always two different things. So I got a call one day at the time I was working at New Jersey Manufacturers and I was in court, <clears throat> and I can't have my phone on. So when I got out, I got a message from my father-in-law saying, she's okay. it just said, she's okay, mom went to get her. So now I'm like, what is going on? And then I see the school calling me again. So Gabby had a seizure at school again. And Vincent has had a se- one seizure at school. Gabby had two at this point. And with that seizure, the nurse said, are you driving? And I said, what's the matter? She said, Gabby had a seizure, but this one was different. So at that point, we had gotten that three-day EEG, and they diagnosed her with epilepsy because she was having seizures that we could not see all day, all night. So we had no idea because they were that quick. Because typically people think seizures are the shaking, the tonic-clonics, which they are. Yeah. But also there are seizures where you can't see they're called obscene seizures. So what what's happening with the body if if you're not seeing the shaking? Kind of or... like you're staring off, and it's kind of like you're there, not there. You know, if somebody's just kind of daydreaming, yeah, it kind of appears like that sometimes. And what's it like to the person feeling? They don't. It? She doesn't remember anything. So it's like they're <clears throat> they're in a different state, and then it's over, and they they don't realize anything's correct. happened. Everyone's different when they come out of that seizure or any kind of seizure. It's called a post-ictal state. So everyone responds di- differently. My children typically vomit after a seizure. Really? Mm-hmm. And they sleep. It's probably pretty exhausting. It's, it, your body goes through a huge trauma. Even with an obscene seizure, you don't, you don't see the shaking, so you don't realize that your body still is going through a lot and your brain is going through a lot with the seizure. So you do you you lose information with every seizure you have you can lose information that you've learned so now your brain has to catch up and kind of remember all of that stuff again. What is, an, <clears throat> what what is epilepsy? So epilepsy is a brain disorder. It's a neurological disorder in your brain. One out of every twenty six people will be diagnosed with epilepsy. One out of twenty six. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was that common. And they're all different kinds of epilepsies also. So. You can have, so you can develop epilepsy in childhood. You can develop it from a brain injury. You can just, it can come out of nowhere. So people can get in their 50s, 60s. Some people do. I have a friend whose husband was diagnosed with epilepsy, 33, 34 years old. Out of nowhere. He had a seizure. Wow. Wow. So, okay, there's a chemical imbalance in the brain. So what happens is there's like a misfiring in the brain. Now everyone's... Everyone's epilepsy is a different story, so not everyone has the same, typically. So for Gabby, she was diagnosed with general epilepsy. Vincent still was not diagnosed with anything. This was in 2017. 
she was mostly managed with uh, they put her on Keppra. Okay. And that's like a first line anti convulsant. Convulsant. What does that mean? Anti convulsant. It keeps your seizures at bay. <clears throat> so So is it actually interacting with the brain it to calms it, yes. Calms to the to brain. prevent that like misfiring. And what what kind of state of mind does a well, person So everyone who's on medicine it responds differently, right. just like anything. For her, the Keppra, typically Keppra can cause children to be very aggressive and assertive and, and some of them very downright nasty. She didn't really have any Whoa. side effects. I've never it. heard of side effects like mm-hmm. that. She didn't really have any and she was seizure free for a little bit. But it was very stressful from a parental standpoint. So Ugh. I got, she ended up where she that was stressful i was working full-time i was going through a divorce like i'll be very transparent oh, so that's the, a big it was a huge thing i had three kids and she three kids with a divorce i i mean i have four of my own i can't even imagine and she thankfully we all have a good relationship but it's still stressful <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's stressful to be married with kids just and be, have issues just, with your kids health yeah so i quit my job oh, at njm after almost 17 years i went in one day it was stressful. It was a stress, you know, it's stressful working all of it. And she was, I have a sick kid. Yeah. And I left and I sent an email and said, I quit. Come get your stuff. So it was something that, you know, was definitely frowned upon. However, at that oh, point. Oh, really? Oh. No, didn't people have to understand? What, no. What do you mean, no? Mm-hmm. Did Some they... people, people who knew me and my situation understood completely. Okay. They said, hey, you need to do what you need to do. And I had, I'm a, like, very, like, methodical person and I'm very safe so this isn't typically my behavior just to quit I had three kids to support I think after 17 years of service and then to hear something like if anyone didn't think that what you're doing was the right thing either they don't have kids or they just don't get it I don't know and I think too it was you know from a corporate standpoint there was an issue obviously and it's how I quit or whatever the case was but basically, the bottom line is the situation at work was stressful. The situation at home was stressful. And one of them had to go. And yeah, it's not going to be my kids. Get, nope. So I had no plan. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I needed to get the kids' health insurance. And what year was this? About how long 2017. ago? 2017. 2017. Mm-hmm. Oh, this was very <clears throat> recent. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this is like almost new. Yeah. Okay. So Gabby was, was seizure-free for a few months. And then she has a seizure day after the Halloween parade. So there, we don't do the Halloween parade anymore because it seems that anytime we participated, she had a seizure. It could be the lights, I was it could say. be the late nights, it could be a lot of things. So now we just choose not to do it. Yeah, I was there last night, I was Maui. We made I the, saw, you and saw? I saw, I saw the news, I saw your picture. We made the news. <laughs> I, that's awesome, and I love doing it. My kids love doing yeah. it. It's just not gonna, mm. it's just not worth it at this point. It no. could change. Right, right. No. So it's too. There's so many strangers there. I mean, if there's so much chaos going it on, it just like, was a lot. It's, it's a no lot. place to put yourself in danger like exactly. that. Exactly. It's not worth it. Yeah. It. So what does? If if you know what does trigger it, is it lights? Is it um? It could be emotions? sometimes. Sometimes lack of sleep is a huge one. Oh. But see, when I'm like at this time in 2017, we weren't real sure. We just she was just diagnosed with generalized epilepsy which that diagnosis has since changed. Because what happened was, now I have to get insurance for the kids because their dad's insurance is not real good, <clears throat> so I applied for family care. So I applied for the state insurance, and the only people who take that insurance is Cooper. Typically, you don't think of Cooper as a pediatric place. You think of CHOP, DuPont, mm, and they did yeah. not accept it. So we had to switch neurologists. And doing that saved my daughter's life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have dealt with the best neurologist that I, she was amazing. In her first appointment with Gabby, she said, this isn't, this is a syndrome. I don't believe she has regular epilepsy. I want her to see genetics. And I said, okay. And I think the medicines that they have, because we had added another med, and it seemed like I had written down every time she had a seizure. And anytime you do a um, increase in a med, she seemed to have a seizure. So we were trying to correlate what was going on with her. So I kept good records. And because her dad had epilepsy that was uncontrolled for years, her mom 
was telling me this is what we need to keep doing because this will help at least it'll give us a picture we can something to reference something to go back so we end up now now we're into january february waiting for appointments i finally i get hired at atlanticare for the hamilton family success center so which was very helpful because it's a community center and it's a family center and my boss is trisha donio and she's a very compassionate kind caring person so now i'm going through this getting calls every day that gabby's having a seizure at school oh my god and in the meantime vincent is stable he hasn't had any seizures his last one was march 2017. so okay we're we're okay with him for now and are you um is that because of the medication he was not on any meds at that point they thought well maybe he will outgrow this we're gonna wait and see. They didn't want. They don't want to start meds until there's actual concrete proof that we need to start meds. And is that something that happens? People do outgrow febrile seizures. Yeah, some kids have one and never have another. Some have multiples. Some by the time they're five, six, it stops. Some kids by the time maybe they're eight or nine. So we go to genetics. They do genetics test on her, and I get a call six weeks later indicating that she has what's called Dravet syndrome. I've never heard of this in my life. And she has a gene mutation called SCN1A. And they said, whatever you do, hook yourself up with a support group and don't Google it. Oh my God. So the first thing I do is Google it, of course. Oh, Lisa, I know you're listening. My wife, (laughs) the internet. And that is what Gabby's dad says. He said, stay off the internet. You have to. You have to. You got to talk to a real doctor, not a blogger. Mm-hmm. And that's what my husband says now. Like, can you please get off the research? Because you'll drive yourself crazy. And that's what I do. <laughs> it's so bad, but I get it. No, I want. I need answers. You need answers, yeah. and you just and you're sitting at home. And what are you going to wait for the doctor's appointment? Oh yeah, we have an appointment in two weeks. And two weeks. You know, Try like two, three months. Two months. You know, it's like, well, <clears throat> okay, my kid. I'm worried about my kid's life. Exactly, because what people don't really know is epilepsy and seizures can kill people. And because of the falls or that could be that's one of the comorbidities that's associated with it. It's another thing called SUDEP, which is sudden unexplained death in epilepsy. Yesterday was National SUDEP Awareness Day. So the Disney star Cameron Boyce, he died a few months ago. He was in the he was young. He was very young. 20. He has epilepsy. He had epilepsy and he had five seizures his whole life. The fifth one killed him. Wow in his sleep so what typically happens they're not there's not a lot of information on it um you either seize in your sleep and you stop breathing from that seizure which is possible or you suffocate during that seizure or they're saying there's some kind of lack of oxygen going on it's really difficult so if you have a person who's otherwise healthy and they have epilepsy and there's no explained reason for their death they rule it a SUDEP death because there's no other explanation as to why they would have died in their sleep. And he was young. And his seizures were controlled. He, no one knew he had epilepsy. So one of the things that I got upset with about it was, now we know, but now it's too late. I feel like you need to be an advocate prior to and get ahead of it. And What do you mean, though? Like, what was he so not? So no one knew that he had epilepsy. So when he died, it was shocking to all his fans, to the community. Like he had I didn't epilepsy. know who he was, but I definitely saw friends of mine yeah. post, you know. So for me, I'm huge. I have a big mouth. So this is why I say <laughs> my kids were given to me because I don't keep quiet. <laughs> so once I found out this is what my daughter had, you know, we had to get a specialist. We had to get somebody who deals with this all the time. So CHOP is one of the best. So yes. we got approval from the insurance company to treat with a specialist. Now, I'm still feeling a certain kind of loyalty and partiality to Dr. McSween at Cooper because she saved her life. She Mm. saw something. It was a fresh set of eyes on records, and she thought something's not right. So she had already begun to wean her off the one medication, which was actually making it worse. Wait, the medication or weaning her off? One of the medications was making her seizures worse. So our theory was correct, and every time we increased this med, she had seizures. So she already had begun to wean her off that and put her on a new med. She said, what was her dad on? So I told him Depakote. She said, we're going to try it because I think this this is related somehow. And come to find out at the end of the day, everyone had genetic testing but me. 
because their dad came back with this gene that when he was diagnosed when he was three, there was no such thing as genetic testing. Mm. It didn't exist. So they just thought he had epilepsy that was hard to control. So he came back with the one gene, a CN1A, which is typically associated with what's called Dravet syndrome. Now Dravet syndrome's on a continuum. So Dravet is the worst case scenario, and then there's other things in between that are less severe. They feel that Gabby is what's called uh, Jeff's Plus, which is generalized epilepsy, febrile seizures plus, which means that the seizures with fever go beyond the five, six year mark where other kids kind of stop with it. It'll Mm. go beyond that. Like a lifetime thing or just a few extra years? I think maybe a few extra years. It's hard to tell because the brain's ever changing and puberty hits. um, And because it's a gene mutation, you just don't, you can't get rid of it. So her brother Vincent also has this mutation. And her twin does not. So, uh, so out of your three children, two of them have it, and one of them no seizures. <clears throat> but he could develop epilepsy because there's a family history, and when you have a first degree relative with it, you have a higher likelihood of developing epilepsy. When you were married to your ex-husband, did you experience taking care of him through seizures? He was seizure free for years prior to. So, so you were pretty unfamiliar with what correct. it looked I mean, like. and I mean, correct. everyone knows the shaking, but I've never seen one in person. Well, it changes you because we were at Gabby. It seemed whenever she exerted herself. So in gym class, she had a seizure every week. I was getting a Something call. about getting the heart racing? So I didn't know at the time what it was. We were at soccer. I stepped out for a minute. Their dad, John, had taken Vincent to basketball. My husband, Leonard, was with the twins in the soccer, um, at the soccer field, it was an indoor soccer. I stepped out to hand in an application and a um, form to them, and my friend came out and said, they need you, and Gabby was on the floor. So at that point, Leonard had never seen her have a seizure. Well, I wasn't there, so he said in that moment, it changed him, because he could not get to her fast enough. Like, hearing about it and actually being the one having to respond to it and deal with it is a completely different scenario. So he literally jumped over people because he was sitting in the bleachers to get to her, to try to catch her because he said she, he watched her stop, look up at the light. Her eyes kind of gazed up to the left. And then he said, I knew she was going to have a seizure. I just knew. So he said, yeah, it does change you after that. So I've been dealing with this, you know, for years and I'm still, I'm still, you know, nervous. So how, how, I'm a dad. Uh-huh. This is Lisa and I were upstairs talking about the situation, and um, yeah, uh, it's I can't even imagine how has it changed you uh, as a person, um, I'm as a mom. Definitely not the same. You're a different person than you were before 100%. this started. I was definitely a lot less bitter and angry because I go through periods of time. Because see, like you went to the Halloween parade last night, right? Where your kids on the float? Yeah. It's not even a thought, right? For me, I have to think ahead, and I have to think. That ride's not no good for her or for Vincent. Now, with this gene that they have, they have trouble regulating their body temperatures. That's why, with a fever, it spikes so quickly, and they have a seizure. So every time she was in gym class, she would have a seizure because her body temperature- getting hot. Mm-hmm. Hot baths and showers, they can't do. Sometimes swimming pools will give kids with this seizures because of like the way like the water and the sun hits it there are some kids believe me when i say we do not have the worst case scenario at all there are some kids who can't even go outside they need cooling (gasps) vests in the summertime they need what cooling Cooling vests vests? Mm -hmm. just to go outside Mm -hmm. and then even then so things that a lot of parents take for granted with their kids i don't and I always have to think and plan ahead, and I have to carry rescue medicine with me at all times. What kind of rescue medicine? So now we changed it. It used to be diastat, and it was given rectally. When they were little, it's okay, but now they're older in school. So now we do clozapine, and you put it, it's a, it's melted. That's like, um, mm-hmm. what's it called? Like a, a benzo? <clears throat> it's uh, a benzo, yeah. Right, it's a benzo, where it's supposed to like calm you down. And that's what it would do for the seizure, to break it, like if she had a long seizure. So for my kids, it's if the seizure lasts three or more minutes. So you put it in the inside of their cheek and you dissolve it. While they're in mid. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
So she was. How um, quickly does that work, though? Well, the diastat had always worked immediately until April of this past year. She was seizure free for 10 months in March. Mm. She was seizure free. I heard something around five in the morning and it was her having a seizure. She had gotten the flu and she had a spike in temperature. So now we were 10 months with no seizure. When you said you heard something like- I heard her like uh, moaning and that was her having a seizure. And so everyone's different, but I know my kids. And because I'm a mom and because of what I've experienced, I never sleep. I'm always like in and out, always checking. Mm. So I heard that I heard her having a seizure in her sleep. And I was actually, after her being seizure free for 10 months, I kind of got a little lackadaisical and things like, all right, like I kind of chilled a little bit, never fully. And I was like the first time all over again. And so I yelled for Leonard to come in and he came in, he picked her up, put her on her side because that's what you have to do. And it wasn't really, it was taking a little longer. So I got the rescue medicine. And then her seizure stopped. So I had taken her to urgent care and we she was diagnosed with the flu. Everyone in the house got the flu. So the doctor, I followed up with her neurologist at CHOP and he said, you know, this happens. It could be a breakthrough through seizure. It can happen. Okay. So she was just solely on the Depakote at this point. We had weaned her off of everything else. She was on one med, seizure-free 10 months. In April, I got a call around midnight. It was Good Friday. And she had like a little bit of a cold. Um, I had gotten a call from her mom and she said, Christy, Gabby had a seizure. And I said, okay. And she said, it's not stopping. And I said, we'll give her that medicine. So we get up, we're getting dressed, getting ready to come to Hamilton because I'm in Folsom. And I call back and she said, it's not stopping. I said, call 911 and get an ambulance there. So when we get there, the the EMTs were there and they said, is this her baseline like this doesn't was feel it still right going to us. yes it was still going it, it ended up being about 30 to 40 minutes and they didn't transport her anywhere because they felt she was unstable too so they put her took her right to atlanta care er now atlanta care er in hamilton is not a fully equipped er but they needed to do something for her at this point so i um we all go now, my boys are with their grandparents at this point. They're asleep. They don't know. The three of us go, John, Leonard, and myself. And the doctor was Dr. Pinkerton in the ER. And he said, they took her temperature, what, 104. So it explained at least why she had the seizure. She had a spike in a fever, 104, bad virus, whatever. They gave her Ativan now to kind of try to break the seizure. Ativan is? It's another benzo. Okay. The same. They're all like in the same family, but they did it. Um, through an IV. So hopefully this oh, will go right to mm-hmm. her. And they give her Tylenol rectally to get the fever down. Mm. And the doctor said, she, her body, body's tired. Mm. She's struggling and we can't get this under control. We need to put her on a ventilator. So I am a person who's very calm in a crisis and I deal with it and I deal with it and I deal that with it. That was going to be one of my questions because I'm internally freaking out, <clears throat> putting myself I in your shoes. I did not freak. I said, you need to do what you have to do. Do it. And they had talked about transporting her by helicopter, but it was pouring out. But they can't do anything until she's stable. So they had they took out a board, and now the three of us are parents, and we're all standing there. Now, I don't know, like, most they of it- can't do anything until <clears throat> she's stable. How are you gonna get her stable? So they finally, the, the medicine starts to work, and the Ativan calms it. She's finally, like, calming down the fever starting to come down so now they get a board and they're looking up about ventilating her so now i'm getting nervous like do they know what they're doing when actually they did they were just being safe and cautious just making sure everything was on point because Mm. dr pinkerton was amazing he really was shout out to dr pinkerton and alana care they really they saved her life Mm. and they remained calm and and i was actually yeah pretty calm so but we're kind of standing there like okay what is going on Gabby's dad was freaking out a little bit like you know it's hard for him because he feels that you know this is his fault because he it's his it's yeah came from him. it's really hard for dads you start to feel helpless and right. guilty and, and yeah. for me I feel like well yeah, everyone needs to man up it is what it is this is what we have to do and move forward and if whoever's listening to this if you're from Hamilton 
most people who aren't know about my husband's son was killed in a car accident. Oh my god! By gosh. a drunk driver. Your so your husband, now, your current yeah. husband. So the whole town knows because it was. He, I mean, it was a. When when was that? Two thousand and eleven. A drunk driver hit him, rear-ended the car he was in. So and he was nine at the time. So now we have him who who lost a child, and now we're faced with possibly losing another one. So it was very it was very traumatizing for everybody involved. But I truly, like I said, I don't like get emotional, so it's, we have to do what we have to do. So Gabby's dad, they finally stabilize her, they get her ventilated. And now we have to, they're transporting her to CHOP, which is where she needs to be because they're not equipped. This isn't CHOP even- CHOP is the best. And, they're in the, and that's where her Noro is and that's where her records are and they know what they're, they, they're equipped for children. So Gabby's dad rides in the ambulance. Leonard and I take, you know, drive separate, and we all meet at CHOP. And then we started the process of, like, maybe what happened? Why Why is, Why did this happen? Was it a breakthrough seizure, this long status seizure it's called? It's called a status seizure. They're fatal sometimes. So now it's like, what's our new plan? So I remember, too, calling my friends, because now it's like Easter weekend, and saying, before you hear this, like texting some people, hey, this is what happened. And I remember my one friend, Nicole, called me. Like I text her, this is what happened. I just wanted to let you know. And she called me and she's crying. And she's like, how are you not crying? And I'm sorry, I'm crying. And I'm like, no, everyone is emotional. I'm just not. I can't be right now. I need to be strong for Gabby. Yeah, when push comes to shove. That's it. Me freaking out crying wasn't going to change anything at that point. You got to do everything for them. You can't worry about yourself. I needed to, and I was running on, literally, Leonard and I had no sleep for like two or three days. It sounds like hell. It was awful. And then I have Easter, and I have two other kids to worry about. Yeah. So it was very, very, very difficult. That being said, now I'm at this, you know, the success center, and I have a boss who's amazing, and I have coworkers who are amazing. So now I'm like, I got to call out of work. I have to call them and tell them what's happening. And my boss was on a cruise, so I couldn't even reach her. Mm. And when she got that message from me, she called me immediately. Like, she now feels like she's crying, you know? Yeah. When you're, I'm, I'm imagining that other people who are listening to this are parents such as myself. And all I keep thinking about is like, if there's for my kids, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the other thing I'm thinking is like, they're not, it's not, I'm beyond lucky and grateful and I want to do something, you know, to help. If there, is there ways that, are there ways that people can help? So what we ended up doing when I came back to work, so Gabby, you know, they finally get her off a ventilator, they adjust her meds. Now we have to keep a closer eye. I go back to work and Trisha said, so are you ready to look into a service dog for her? Because we had spoken prior about getting a dog. But it's a long, lengthy process. What would a service dog do for someone suffering with? Alert us, number one, Mm. that she was having a seizure. So Gabby's seizure was in the middle of the night, this long one. She was in bed sleeping with her mom because that's Gabby. She wants to be with mom. If mom wasn't next to her, she would have never have known Gabby had that seizure. She knew because she was right there. So we were able to do life-saving things for her, which is get her medicine right away, get her to the ER right away. So a service dog would alert us to that. Service dog also, kids who suffer with epilepsy have a high depression rate, high anxiety rate. It's very isolating. I was going to ask you about that. I'm a little nervous to ask <clears throat> you about that. No, it's fine. We are in an amazing district, and so we're in Folsom School. The kids, the parents, the administration, everyone is amazing there the superintendent called me when gabby was in the hospital to check on her and me and the boys to make sure my family was okay typically you don't get that unless you're in a small town i was gonna say i would of course be there you know that <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm actually tearing up a little bit on your podcast chris um, good good people doing good things and for good people the school allows me to go mm. in every year and educate everyone on seizure seizure <sighs> awareness Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So I'm allowed to go into their classrooms and talk to the kids and the, the uh, teachers, and everyone is trained. Anyone who comes into contact with my kids, they're trained on seizure safety. And so Vincent's in fourth grade this year. Um, 
so things are a little different in that class now. So they had me come in like as a health speaker. Where, like a know, one-time thing, you come and, okay. Mm-hmm. So once a year, in the beginning of the year, I go into all their classes. The twins are together in the same class, and that's just because Luca feels a strong sense of protectiveness over her. He, he wants to protect his twin sister, and he does not want to be separated from her. Mm. They don't interact during the day, which the, we just had conferences, and their teacher said, it's weird. You come in, you would never think they were even related let alone twins. I'm married to a twin. Twins are very strange to Aren't me. They? <laughs> it's so strange is to me. Is she identical or fraternal? Identical. You oh, wouldn't be able to tell even, them apart. That is my two babies right there. It's a relationship. I'm like, I don't think no anyone else one, can understand. You just can't. He's very protective over her. Yeah. So they are in the same class. So the students, Gabby has lots of good friends, lots of very kind, caring kids at Folsom School. Not to say that it's not anywhere else. Because she has friends from Hamilton that are just as great. But this is some people that she's with every day yeah. and who've seen her seizures, <sighs> who've helped. Um, so we started a process for a service dog, Trisha and uh, Mary from Chatter's Baskets. Mm-hmm. And Rhonda Hummel and the girls in my office, they started, uh, They did. we did a beef and beer for Gabby on, in July. And it was a Christmas in July thing because the um, service dog alone, a lot of agencies will not work with young kids. It's hard. It's a difficult. You can't get it. It's hard to work, get a service dog for a young child. Especially with epilepsy and seizures. Because the training and the handling, you have to have a handler. Service dogs are very unique. And a seizure alert dog is even more unique because they're allowed to do certain things that maybe other dogs couldn't do. So, for instance, if you had a narcotics dog, it's a straight and arrow thing of what that dog does. It's very, the obedience is very clear cut. Well, seizure dog, it's not that way because they might have to be in a certain circumstance or do something that a dog shouldn't be doing, but because of the situation. So for instance, say Gabby's sitting on this table over here. Why she's on the table? Because she's seven and pain, you know? I got four kids, I know. And she has a seizure. That dog is allowed to jump on the table to help her Mm. with that seizure. Some Mm. dogs put their heads underneath the person's head so they don't bang it on the floor. Um, Some just lay with them and comfort them. Some dogs lick their owner's faces to kind of bring them out of it. But I I see people who suffer just grown-ups with depression having service dogs. That's a little different. Why why would it be harder for a little kid with seizures? I think it's the training is so intense and unique. And so, you know, a narcotics dog's not jumping on a table. It's not... It's not allowed to do that, yeah. but a seizure a seizure dog is totally different training. It's so it's very it's it's very unique, very specialized. And service dogs are, are pretty new, right? Like that's not something that's been around well, for. Very I feel long. like when you think of a service dog, you think of like a seeing eye dog because that's what most people had them for. When I think of a service dog, I think of those dogs that come to the airport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, right. You know, the company, their master. Yeah, I, I don't really see them too often on it's, the street or anything. You, you don't, but if you start, now you'll start seeing it and paying attention because I never did either. And now we were out somewhere and I said, look, that's a service dog because they have to wear a special vest out. So it alerts the public that they're a service dog because it's a work dog. It's not a family pet. Okay. So this there was a documentary on Netflix called Dogs. And the first episode is about a little girl who got a service dog who has epilepsy that's hard I to control totally gonna check that out is it still on netflix i don't know if it's still on i i had the kids watch it and everything oh i have to find that it's amazing we have to take a commercial break but before we do is there something the listeners could do if they're wanting to help out with people with epilepsy is there a foundation is there events is there anything to raise awareness there's there's lots of things like we participate in a purple day in march epilepsy awareness there's local walks we do the epilepsy walk in philly every year in june our team is Gabby's Warriors. For We walk for Gabby. But Vincent had a seizure two days before her benefit, her beef and beer. So now he wants a team. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so there's, is there any events coming up soon or nothing off the top of your head? There is something called uh, Steps for Seizures, and it's local. It's in Washington Township. It's called Clayton's Hope Organization. They do a small thing, and it's she lost her son to epilepsy. So. Mm. Okay. And anytime there is an event or anything you need, I will put the word out there any way I can for sure. Okay. 
Uh, thank you for sharing all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're I, welcome. I learned a lot. That was <laughs> that was very informative. And uh, if you ever need anything, I mean, I don't know how I could help, but like, you know, as a father, you know, you actually had me on your show, so on your Pillars of Hamilton, and that's a huge. Help. Oh, <laughs> I so guess, I guess I have done there, a little something. There you go. Huh? But that's, I'm not done yet. You let me know. Hey. We have some really fun stuff to talk about after the commercial break. Uh, I'm talking about 200 pounds of awesome stuff. (laughs) So uh, we'll be right back. We'll be back. (laughs) All right. Okay, people, listeners, Hamiltonians, I have to tell you guys something. So the other day, I received a tip about this place that has sandwiches, but not just any sandwiches. I'm talking, the word that comes to my mind is fresh sandwiches. As soon as I took a bite into one of these chicken cutlet sandwiches, I knew I had to tell you guys about it. So I spoke to the owner and she is here to tell you about it right now. Alicia, right? Yes. Alicia, can you tell them the name, where to find it? And you are obviously uh, passionate about food, right? I am. Okay, so what's the name of the place? And what can people get when they come? It's Campion's Kitchen. We're in Blueberry Crossing, right on the White Horse Pike. Same complex as the Health Tree and Goodwill. Everything is fresh. Everything is homemade. Uh, we do panini, soups, salads, wraps. I also have a hot bar. I opened. Oh. Uh, I yeah. I opened um, the store because I've been catering for about five years. Food is is my passion. I love it. And I wanted to get my food out there for people to try. So I have, um, you know, healthy comfort, sometimes not so healthy food on my hot bar. Um, It's $10 for a meal. You get an entree, two sides. Uh, We normally have two or three options every day. Mm. So Campion's Kitchen, right by the health tree, right? Yes. Yeah. People, like, I don't know. I didn't know about it. I know. And now I know. Mm -hmm. And now I'm happy. Guys, come to Campion's Kitchen. Let the word out. I think people don't know about it, honestly, because if they did, they would be talking about it because it's so good. Guys, come to this kitchen. It's delicious. We're back, and um, I'm looking at you now. I'm looking at you now, Christy, and I'm thinking, how the heck were you ever obese? I don't see. I mean, obviously, I don't. You Technically, dropped- I still am. <laughs> What do you according mean, to the according to the height and weight charts, I still am. Yeah, probably me too, man. I don't, <laughs> all of us. I, I don't think they figure in muscle, all the other things. But I mean, uh, you don't look obese to me. <laughs> yeah, you look happy and healthy. Um, how heavy were you before? Is that a nice? I'm not allowed to ask that. <laughs> I don't I know, know if I've ever disclosed it. Uh, well, to, nobody's yeah. listening or anything, so <laughs> <laughs> I was really heavy. <laughs> uh, okay, you want to leave it at that? Yeah. Okay, let's leave it at that. Um, and so, w- what was life like back then? Um, I I feel like I was the same person as I am now. Um, I was always, I genuinely was always happy, friendly, kind. Those things never changed about me. Um, I just wanted to be better. I don't know how else to explain it. And I wanted to make sure, you know, as you get older, you have kids, you start seeing life a little differently. And you want to be your best for them, too. And that was really where it came to with me. When was this? So I had looked into weight loss surgery probably three separate times, two separate times. And then I actually had it. So it was a process. Okay, so I I had a long conversation with my sister before this interview because she had the, I wrote down, the lap band surgery. And... um, I, it changed her whole life. It changed mine too, but not like it changed because it changed my perspective on things maybe. Oh, I didn't expect you to say that. What do you mean? So it just gave me a new sense of appreciation maybe for life. So what had happened, what, what I finally had made the decision is my mom died in 2014. Oh. And... um. I, it kind of makes you think, okay, she was young. My mom had I was going to say, you're young. And my mom had me young. She was 17 when she had me, so she was 54 when oh, she died. Oh, that's very young. And then I had these three babies, and my mom's gone, and it was unexpected, and she didn't live a healthy lifestyle. She Is that is that why she passed? Somehow? My mom, at first we didn't know why, um, but my mom, it ended up where it was an overdose. <gasps> so it was prescription Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. What so was, was she taking? Is it painkillers? or? Mm-hmm. And she had um, a patch, like a um, 
can't think of what the name is now. Okay. <clears throat> it was a pain patch. Another pain. Yeah, I've and heard pills. that people have done that, made the mistake of mixing the patch with the pills. Mm-hmm. And she never woke up. So my stepdad found her and called me. It was like three in the morning. So that kind of spurred my desire to be healthy. Was this, I'm sorry to go back, but That's like, okay. was this expected or was this not? No, I always knew I would get this call about my mom. She had battled with things. She had a lot of mental health issues, so she had battled with a lot. So when my mom was good, she was amazing. And when she was not so good, it was awful. So at the time, we were in a point where we were civilized. I, you know, she could be around the kids, but it had to be where, you know, she was acting appropriately. And I have little kids. I need to protect them. Oh, that's so, so sad. Um, it was a day before my birthday that she died. And oh. I said, oh, the only thing my mother would have done actually better would be to die on my birthday. Because now her birthday was January 20th. Mine's January 28th. She died January Wait, when's yours? Mine's January 28th. I'm 25th. Ah, so Aquarius. Yeah, Aquarius. Yeah. Ah. No wonder you're so awesome. <laughs> See? We all find each other. That and the twin people. We all find each other. Yeah. A couple of Aquarians. Yep. So she um, died the day before my birthday. I'm like, that is my typical mother. Just the thorn on my side. Oh. She she was a lot, but she could be, like I said, awesome. And then when she wasn't, when she was in a bad way, it was not good. And a lot of people don't know that, actually. So now they know. About the, the bad way. They don't, yeah. And they don't know that well, she they, overdosed. A lot of people don't know that. They don't know that. How mm-hmm. do they think they, she passed? Um, I, well, she, her, she had 85% of her arteries were clogged when they had done the autopsy. So, and she was a smoker. So there were other contributing So factors. she just didn't take care of herself exactly. in the least. And I knew that I needed to be different. So yeah. I went to Temple, actually. And that's where I had my surgery. So that's what sparked it. Your, that, your mom passed and you decided it was time. Exactly. How was your health at the time? Um, I was taking medicine for diabetes. My blood pressure was high. Oh, okay. Other than that, I mean, that was still, that was enough because you, you can, you know, have a lot of stuff that goes on with diabetes. It's not good for you. I had a guest on recently, um, my friend Mike, he's the head of the Lions Club, or he was Mm -hmm. uh, previously, and he was talking about the numbers when he read his blood numbers. It was just like, okay. I wasn't so terrible, but it was going in that direction. Do you know what I mean? Okay, yes. So you want to get a handle on it before it's completely wildly out of control. Right. It's not getting better. It's only getting worse. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I had three little babies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what procedure did you get? So uh, just going back to my sister, um, so she got the lap in. And I'm a huge proponent for this. Um, I know that there's this stigma. I feel like there's a stigma. 100%. There is, right? And here's the thing, and, and this is coming from someone who's worked out his whole life, been health conscientious his whole life. Not everyone's like that. And sometimes you realize when you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s that like, okay, I need to do better. Well, the and clock's it's, ti- The clock's the ticking. The clock is yeah. ticking. But you, so I, I feel like a lot of people think like, okay, we'll just go out and start working out. And I know that if you've spent a lifetime of not being in the gym and you're that heavy, it's not it, It's that, not that easy. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. You have to change your whole mentality. It's a mindset. Yes, 100%. And anyone who lives a healthier lifestyle knows that it's a mindset. It's not about being lazy. Yes. It's not about anything else but changing the way you think and perceive food mm. and your health and wellness. I like that you said lifeness, mm-hmm. uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. because a lot of people get so gung-ho that they're in the gym three hours and then they're doing intermittent fasting and then they crash after a month and then it's back to where they were before. It's got to become a lifestyle. You have to. And a lot of people who have weight loss surgery gain their weight back. Right. All the time. Because their mind has not changed and their perceptions have not changed. Yes. That's why it happens. I still struggle. I will still struggle. Do you? I struggle. I have to watch what I eat. I have to make sure I'm making right choices. What kind of eater were you before? Were you like a nighttime eater? Were you just way too big of portions? Were you a snacker? Too big of portions. Yeah, I wasn't really a snacker. It was the portions, pasta. Oh, Italian. Man, the pasta Degos gets you every time. Red wine and pasta. I still mm. love it. I know. <laughs> I just it, choose not hey. really to have the pasta. The red wine, that's 
a different issue. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> have the wine. Hey, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon doesn't have very much sugar. <laughs> that, and this is the problem. After surgery, I like a sweet wine. I hated sweet wine before, and now after the surgery, no I way, it's crazy. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a sweet wine kind of guy. You're in the sweet stuff, and I huh? never was loaded ever. with sugar. Yep. So I have to watch because. Yeah, you could yeah. be on like a low carb, low sugar diet and drink some <clears throat> Cabernet. And then you're done. Yeah. With the red, the red sweet red is just. Yeah, my wife likes so. that. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you got the surgery. Mm-hmm. How has life changed since then? So the surgery itself, it, for me to get approved and go through the motions, it took a year. So I started. What, do you, what, what it took, took a year? one year for me to go back and forth to Temple. They want to see what you're doing. As far as losing weight prior to surgery, they want to make sure you're making right choices before they even allow you to have surgery. So it took a good year. So they're actually expecting the patients to um, do what we were talking about before and and be prepared mentally for a lifestyle change. And Temple is one of the best bariatric programs in the area, and that's why I chose it. Bariatric? Mm -hmm. Was that Which is, bariatric is like the stomach surgery. So they... and. I wanted a surgeon who did just bariatrics, not a surgeon, like a surgeon who specialized in it, not someone who was a surgeon and then does bariatrics as a part of surgery. Right, right, right. Someone who, that's who, their this jam. Is, this is their main thing. Yeah. And that's what I chose. And, and and what does that surgery entail? So they removed 85% of my stomach. Oh! <laughs> okay. So you go from like the size of a football maybe to like the size of an egg. And so uh, the purpose of this is that you just can't, you fill it up much quicker. Correct. And you have to be very mindful of what you're putting in. Some people have different reactions to it. Some people can eat what they say. I can eat whatever I want. Well, no, you can't because eventually there's a honeymoon phase. So you're going to continue to lose weight. But then when you hit the 18 month mark, now it catches up to you and then your stomach will stretch again and then you'll gain your weight. And that's where a lot of people get into trouble. You have to change your mindset about food. Yes. So is, is, is your biggest um, change, is it just you're eating smaller portions? I, that is a huge one. And people say, you don't eat. And I said, it's not that. It's I do eat, but it's not as much. Mm-hmm. And I can't eat as much as someone who didn't have the surgery. So even like a person who's typically healthy fit, I still can't eat because my stomach is not that big. Yeah. So it's smaller. Right. And it's restricted. Are you? Oh, I have a question. Do you, like, do you feel still hungry yet your stomach can't take so, it? Or so a lot of times with this surgery, they removes the the hormone. It's called ghrelin. Ghrelin. It's a hormone that a hunger hormone. It's removed a lot of times with this surgery, so you don't even feel hungry. But you have to make sure you try to eat. That's why it's important to take vitamins and get that stuff in because you're not really right. getting nutrients. So you take a multi. Right, you take multi um, protein shakes are big because you need to build cells and protein. So mm. it's a high protein, low carb. We know, like you shouldn't listen. Carbs aren't, you know, you should you can have them. Yeah. So you've done the procedure. Mm-hmm. You, you lost a really awesome amount of weight. Are you? What are you doing to maintain besides? Or are you exercising? So <laughs> I started. I guess I was about six months after the weight loss, and I'm like, hmm, I need to do something. And at the time, I worked at NJM, and one of my friends, her boyfriend at the time, was a trainer. She's like, you should train with Joe. I'm like, oof, I know Joe. I grew up with Joe. Joe D'Alexino. I know Joe. I was like, oh, he's mean. She's like, no, you need to go. So finally, I'm like, all right, Ashley, you are the nicest girl in the world. So if you're with him and you know him better than anyone at this point, I'll trust you. So I started going to Joe. And I was actually with him for four years. I haven't been to the gym probably in a few months since Vinny had his seizure. And I am a 5 a.m.er that would go at 5 a.m. So now here By I choice? am. choice? Yes. Wow. So here I am. I am too, but not Here like is you. somebody who, you know, never was in a gym. I went in the gym. I will say Joe had, was wonderful to me. He has been great to me. And even now he'll text me, hey, I'm still thinking of you. When are you coming back? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. All and right, it's, Joe. He's a softy deep down. Don't tell anyone. No, no one's listening, like I said. But he really, truly does care. Listen, I don't know what his relationship with is with anyone else. As far as I'm concerned, I know he truly cares about where I'm at. All right. And he'll and he will say to me, "Don't think I don't understand about the kids." 
but you need you. And my problem is my kids have seizures in their sleep and I'm afraid to leave in the morning. So Gabby had that long seizure. I was out of the gym probably for like a few months. I went back. I was trying to get back in the swing and then Vinny had a seizure and it just like kills me. So now it's, you know, we have after school act like the nighttime. I, it's just not feasible for my lifestyle. I have to go at 5 a.m. because that's the only time I can go. Bless your heart, too, because I've tried that morning workout thing. So deep down, Joe is a good man, huh? He really is. Yeah. But I don't know if he wants that out. So. No, no, no one will tell him. <laughs> Joe, you're still terrible. Yes. No, but way to get Christy in good shape. <laughs> you must feel so different, though, from, I mean, <laughs> I've never talked to someone who said they lost that amount of weight and then just be like, I was happy and great before and I'm still happy and great. Most people say that like they're slow, sluggish. and I really, I am a person who's high anxiety, so I've always operated on high anxiety. So I really wasn't slow or sluggish. I always went, went, it just kept going and going. And there's nothing better for anxiety than exercise. Mm. And that is how I managed it. The anxiety. That, mm-hmm. That's going out to all you listeners. If you suffer from anxiety, not something about getting that cardio and getting the blood it's pumping. True. When they talk about a runner's high, mm. like if you're a runner, which I'm not, you know, I'm not a fan of it. But it's hard. It is, but a runner's <laughs> high, you legitimately get that. Like when yeah. you're in that zone, it feels so good. It, it, absolutely, so good. Well. Okay. Congratulations on all your uh, success. Thank you. And uh, Pillars and myself, and I'm hopefully the listeners, I believe the Pillars listeners are the best, obviously. Absolutely. So anytime you mention any way we can help, we are there for you and your kids. But now it is time for the chat pack. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you, do you know what the chat I, pack is? I don't. Okay. So at the end of every episode, you get to pick from one question. I don't even know what you're going to pick. It could be anything. Ah, got it. So, so the problem is with being me and having this crazy busy life is I never hear the end of the podcast. I always start listening <laughs> and then I get interrupted and then I try to go back and I never get to the end. Yeah. I don't never know what happens with everyone. So you need you need to drive longer, I guess. <laughs> or Yeah. You know what mine is, is I, I ride my lawnmower and if, ah, if you've seen the grass out there. You've got hours. Got four hours <laughs> of podcasting. So, yeah, at the end of these episodes you haven't finished, we have done the chat pack. So hopefully some people are still listening and ready to hear your answers. Which month of the year do you think would best describe your personality? Mm. Okay. All right. I think December because Mm. I can be warm and fuzzy and also cold and icy. (laughs) That was the perfect answer. But that definitely describes me. (laughs) I love that answer. You got time for one more? Sure. All right. Boom. If you could be the CEO of any corporation of the world, which one would you choose? Now, is that you? That would be an easy one. Of any place in the world, the CEO, the Epilepsy Foundation. Oh. I would definitely want to be top dog there. And does the the Epilepsy Foundation, do they do a lot of work towards finding medications or helping kids? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. And that's an easy one, too. All right. Good. Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I love to have you on here. Is there anyone that you want to give a shout out to before you get out of here? A shout out like to, or I can't. You know why? Why? Because if I don't do it to the right person, I know, I'll be that in trouble. It is a problem. But at the same time, there's going to be a few obvious ones who are like, Christy, you didn't even mention me. Right. I know. And I know I'm going to get heat for it, but I just can't. You know what some people do? They say this person, this person, and of course, all of Hamilton. Well, right. <laughs> Hamilton, Falsam. I can't forget the Fawesome people, too, because they're very instrumental. Yeah. I have a lot of people in my life, so I have to obviously give a shout-out to my husband, who has been amazing and supportive through all of this. Yeah. And then my kids. They, they wanted to come tonight. Did they really? They did. Oh, they bring wanna, them back. They if you look behind be, you, you will see two arcades just for them. They want to be on the show. <laughs> Do they really? Gabriella is a very unique little girl okay here's the thing i'm gonna make a proposal to you right now this this episode doesn't come out till monday or tuesday okay you want to come back with the kids and do a quick little five I minute i would love to do it. they would love it she would love it i got extra microphones okay all right let's this, do it this conversation ain't over okay. yet <laughs> i would normally say bye but i guess i'll say <laughs> see you later see you later, <laughs> oh, see so you later. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen i have three future pillars here on the podcast and i am so excited Will you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Vincent. 
Hey, Vincent. We know a lot about you, mister. Uh-huh. Could you introduce yourself right into this microphone right there? Hello, everyone. I'm Gabriella. And as you like to call me Gabby, you mostly can. And today, I'm so happy to be here. Oh, my gosh. You are a ray of sunshine. <laughs> and you, sir. Hello, my name is Luca, and, and, and I am seven years old. Welcome, you three. You guys know you have a really strong mama? Yeah. Yes. And you yes. guys, you guys are pretty strong yourselves. I heard all of, yeah, I see you flexing your muscles, Gabby. Those are pretty impressive. Oh, all of you guys? What are you, like the happiest, strongest kids on the planet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Guys, next month is, isn't it a special month because it is, it's an awareness month, right? Is it epilepsy awareness month? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. So there's a lot of people who are going to be listening to this. What would you like them to know about epilepsy? That when you see a seizure, you always have to get an adult. Oh, that's super important, right? Yeah. So if someone sees someone having a seizure. Yes, and that's why I have this super lucky bracelet with my mom's phone number on the back in case I'm having a seizure at school. The teachers or someone can call my mom. Oh, and that's a beautiful bracelet too. Why, thank you. <laughs> you guys are just making me happy today. Are you guys always this? Are you guys always like this? Yes! Yes! Yeah! Oh my gosh. You guys are welcome here any day. Seriously. We gonna play some arcades after this? Yes! Yeah! Right on. Vincent, is there anything you would like to tell anyone about epilepsy that they might... Because I really didn't know much until I talked... Go ahead. A seizure is something that goes wrong with your brain. And, and most seizures only last a couple minutes. But Gabby's, she had one in April, and it lasted 30 minutes. Mm, I think we talked about that. Yeah. And, and I was so young that, that my, at midnight, my, my mom had to call the hospital to, to, get, to get mommy to come and get Gabby. Then she had to go to the hospital. And she had to miss Easter. That is true. You guys kind of have to live with this thing that's kind of a bummer. You guys are still super happy like this? Of course we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Nope. Luca does not have lapsley. I mean, and Gabby has a more severe form than me. And Luca does not have epilepsy. Okay. And Luca, you're always looking out for your, your brother and sister. Yeah, I take care of Vincent and Gabby. Awesome. And one time, when Gabby had a seizure in, in my mommy's room, um... I had to, I yelled for mommy and, and yet mommy come and and, and see Gabby. Wow, Gabby, there's something you definitely want to say. You were raising your hand big time. Um, Here, let me move the mic real quick. What was I gonna say? Oh no, you lost it. You know what I tell my students? Mm -hmm. If you remember it, you can raise your hand again. But as we're thinking about it, you know you guys are the first kids ever to be on the Pillars of Hamilton. No, I no. Yeah, this is kind of a big deal. And you know what? At the end of every episode, we do a special thing called the chat pack. But what the listeners don't know is I actually have a chat pack for kids. That means you guys get to pick out a question. It could be anything. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Are you ready? Yeah. Oh, man, you guys are so ready. Okay. Uh, Luca, I'm going to let you pick first, mister. In your opinion... What is the greatest thing ever invented? Oh, I'm looking over at those arcades right now. <sighs> Maybe not the arcades, but they're up there. What is the coolest thing? What is the greatest thing that anyone has ever invented? I know. <gasps> you have one. Toys! Toys? <laughs> Which toy, though? Let's get specific. And video games. Toys and video games? Mm, it's hard to argue with that, right? But the most important thing that was invented is the American flag. <gasps> Gabby, why do you say that? Because we always do the Pledge of Allegiance and face the flag and put our right hand on our heart to support our country. Do you feel good about being an American? And at Cub Scouts, if we're in uniform or have a Pac-98 t-shirt on, instead of putting our right hand on our heart, we do this. Oh, okay. This like a salute. Uh-huh. Right on. American flag. What a great answer. I mean, nothing against toys. Toys are awesome, too. The but greatest, wow. 
the greatest thing ever invented would probably be would probably be the invention of football. <laughs> I think I think you've got a lot of Hamilton people behind you on that. I think fashion is the best. Oh, you're into fashion, huh? Maybe you can give me a few tips, because as you can see, I don't know. Hey, guys, do you have enough time for one more chat pack question? Yes! I'm okay. going... Wait, I know I said one, and there's both of you, so I'm actually going to get let mama pick. Dun, dun, dun. Pick a good one, mommy. Christy, will you talk into the mic and let them know what their question is? Well, this is a good one. What do you think is the most important thing that friends can do for each other? Oh. I know, I know. Take care of them and, and, and think about epilepsy. If they have a seizure, help them. Mm, take care of them and help them. That's and, beautiful, man. And do it. And, and you got to care uh. for them every single day. even Because you never know if they're going to have a seizure. Yeah, and, and and I'm I'm sure all kinds of friends could use all kinds of help. Are you are you are you a good friend to the to all your friends? Yeah. You take care of them, huh? You're yeah. good man, Luke. I could tell. Yeah. All three of you guys. So, do any of you guys want to add to that? So you said take care of your friends. I agree with that. Is there anything else that makes a really great friend? Go ahead, Gab. Make sure you're being kind. Mmm. I agree with that. Always be nice, right? Yeah, I'm a big proponent of that. Big proponent of that. And do you have anything to add to that? Those are really good answers. Think before you speak. <laughs> right, you don't want to hurt any of your friend's feelings, right? Yeah. Totally. Is it, is it true? And what's the next one? H. <laughs> is it helpful? Is it is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Think. I saw what you did there. T-H-I-N-K. I love it. Gabby, I have something to tell you guys. Do you have one more thing to say before I announce something amazing for you guys? Here's something about being a good friend. Use your words, not your hands. Ah, yes. Hands are not for hitting, am I right? And I have another great thing to say. Lay it on me, dude. Always include people. Mm. Like if you're playing and you see someone on the swings with no one, go to them and say, do you want to play with me? I want my kids to be friends with you guys. They're a little young, but you got to meet them. You guys would be great influences. Now, before you guys go, I know these arcades are here, and you are not leaving without hitting the arcades, but I have something for you guys. Since you guys are the first kids, you're the future pillars, the first future pillars on my show. I just want to make it official. I have... Pillars of Hamilton sticker for you, sir. I've never given this to anybody. I've had these for two months, but I didn't know who to give it to. And now I know who to give it to. Luca, this one's for you, my man. And of course, Gabby, you can put it wherever you want. Up, of course, wherever mommy lets you. I'm going to save it for home. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you guys so much for coming. Kristen, is there anything else you want to say? Uh, Christy, is there anything else you want to say? You must be super proud. Yep. Is there anything you would like to say before we get out of here? I would just like to thank you for having us on your show. And if anyone out there, if this helps anyone or anyone needs anything, help, support, reach out to me. Feel free. You're never bothering me. I love to discuss it. I love to talk about and bring awareness uh, for epilepsy. And if anyone had any weight loss questions or need help, feel free to message me or uh, get in touch with me somehow. Hey guys, on the count of three, can we all say toodaloo? One, two, three. Toodaloo!